G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Anxiety and worry are escalating problems in modern society. The English word worry is actually from an old German word, wurgen or wurgen, meaning to strangle or to choke. Worry is mental strangulation. It's a defense mechanism that we have acquired to enable us to cope and survive, but it's killing us in the process. It's not unique to our generation. We think that we are facing things that uh, weren't around in the bibl- in biblical times. Well, that's true, but worry was a problem back then. In fact, Jesus counseled his generation how to win over worry. And the wonderful thing is that the advice that he gave is timeless. It is as relevant to our age as it was to his. Truth never changes. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Hello and welcome to Set Free. It's Phil here and with me is author and teacher Ken Legg. And we're looking at winning over worry. Some good practical stuff this week. And Ken, at the beginning of the week you stated how wrong it is when well-meaning people tell their friends and uh, loved ones not to worry. If they're going through something and they say, oh, look, just don't worry about it, you know, get over it, move on, don't think about it. But Jesus said those very words, didn't he? Didn't he say, don't worry, uh, to those that were listening to him? What's different? That's true. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, he said it four times. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. But he didn't stop at saying don't worry. And that's our point uh, throughout this week. Throughout the passage, he gives teaching which is designed to help the worried person reprogram their thinking. Remember to get people to change the way they feel. We've spoken about getting them to change the way they think. Change the way you think and you change the way you feel. And so that's what Jesus did. Yeah, he said don't worry, but he helped them to change the way they think so that they would stop worrying. Okay, so what did he go on to say to help those who were worried? Well, actually, if you study that passage in Matthew chapter 6, I think it's towards the end of that chapter, he made seven powerful statements that were very practical and designed to set a person free from worry. Now, the first thing he said is that uh, it's the principle of, look, I gave you life or God gave you life, therefore he will sustain it. Listen to what he said. He said, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So this is an argument starting with the greater and going to the lesser. He's saying, I've given you life, haven't I? Do you think I'm not going to now sustain it, give you the food to keep it alive? I've given you a body. Am I not going to give you the means to clothe that body, to look after it and to protect it and so on? So it's an argument, if you like, from the greater to the less, the lesser. And while we're talking about that, Phil, um, that applies in the spiritual realm as well. You know, Christians get hung up on uh, whether they're going to make it, whether they're good enough, whether they're doing enough, whether they're going to make it through the day, through the week, through their lifetime, you know. Mm. But the same argument applies. Well, who brought you into this life? You know, it was Jesus. It was God. He chose you from before the foundation of the world, even before you were born. And he drew you to himself. He saved you. Now, isn't he going to keep you? 
In fact, it says in uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 32, He that spared not his only son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not with him also freely give us all things? Everything we need is going to be supplied to us. He's given us the greater. He's given us our salvation. He saved us from hell. He's given us new life. Now he's going to look after that life. So as it is in the natural, it also is in the spiritual. Often we lose sight of those things that he's done for us or given to us, don't we? When we're in the middle middle of it, we see the problem. Yeah. And we tend not to think about all those other things and, and lose our appreciation for those things. That's true. I wonder, Ken, have you ever tried to trot that verse out when uh, when Jesus said, don't worry about what to wear or what have you, if ever your wife has said, I've got nothing to wear? <laughs> <laughs> how, would that, how would that go down? <laughs> I might try it. <laughs> then again, I might not. <laughs> but, I mean, Jesus went on to, to talk about a lot of those simple things to focus on, didn't he? Like when he said, you know, look at the birds. They, they don't worry. They have their father... Uh, supplies their needs. Yeah, but that was the second thing he said. He said, look at the birds and learn from them. Let me quote to you what he said exactly. He said, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Mm. Are you not more value than they? Of course, we are. We are of more value than sparrows. I mean, God's relation to them is that of creator, but his relationship to us is, is that of a heavenly father. And uh, our heavenly father is going to care for all our needs. That's what a father does for his children. Mm. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that we just pray and trust God and then don't do anything ourselves. So we've, we've got to do something. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you, you go back to the illustration of birds. I mean, birds aren't idle. They don't just sit on trees all day with their mouths open singing, it's raining worms, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I, wish I could just see the video clip to that. Yeah. <laughs> They're busy searching for insects. They, they prepare their nests. They teach their young to fly. They migrate with the seasons. In other words, they work within the framework of God's design for them. They're busy, mm. but they're not anxious. And that's the point that Jesus was making. I mean, even look at the trees, okay? A tree is not inactive. Uh, its roots and its leaves are incredibly active every day. It's estimated that the amount of work performed by a large tree in a single day to raise water and minerals from the soil to its leaves is equal to the amount of energy expended by a person carrying 300 buckets of water two at a time up a three-meter flight of stairs. Wow. You think about that, that's a lot of work. Now, a tree does that every day. So it's active, it's working, but it's not anxious. And you know, I've never heard one complain. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point, Phil. So, you know, I guess what we're saying here is do your best, but leave the rest. Uh, Birds and trees might work, but they don't worry. And in a similar way, through our honest effort, God will provide for us. We do what is our duty to do, uh, and, and God takes care of our lives. We can't cast our responsibility onto God. Uh, we are responsible to do our duty, but we can cast our care upon him. And uh, Paul exhorts us, doesn't he, in Philippians chapter 4 and verses 6 and 7, he says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, you know, he's saying, do your best, but commit your way to the Lord. Mm, It's a wonderful benediction. And, I mean, that one really rams home the fact that there may come a point where you run to the end of your ability, the end of your resource. You you think of the birds, for example, when 
you know, they run out of food. They can they can run around and look for food as much as they like, but if there's nothing actually there, mm. then that's a problem. Now, if we're in that situation, that's where we have to go to God and yeah. we, we have to say, well, I've got no other way out of this, but I'm not going to worry about it because I know you will look after me and whatever happens to me, I'm in your hands. Yeah, in fact, I, I would even go as far as, you, you said there may come a time, there will come a time. <laughs> yeah, uh, regular, right. yeah, because we're meant to come to the end of ourselves in that sense of being reminded that we can't do it with our own resources. So we will have to depend on God and trust in him. And the whole Christian life is a life of dependence upon God. Paul says, the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Just an aside, before we wrap this up, how do you maintain that balance where on one hand you can say, yes, I can go ahead and do this in my own steam, you know, the the work is there to do, the yeah. food is there to take, uh, and I just go about doing it, versus, you know, the situation where there is no work, there is no food, I, I have no choice but to get on my knees before God. How do you keep in that state of being on your knees before God when it's you don't necessarily have to be or forced to be? Yeah, uh, it's a good question. I, I, I think, you know, we all know what our responsibilities are in life. I mean, what, what are our responsibilities as husbands, wives, parents? What are, are our responsibilities as citizens in this world? What are our responsibilities at work and so on in the community? We do have responsibilities. We're never going to be able to pass them off. But we know that there comes a time when we're getting anxious and uh, we've taken the whole responsibility for results in those areas and for things happening in those areas off of God and we've taken it and put it on our own plate. I think we're all aware of when we've crossed that line. And so what Jesus is exhorting us here is, look, you know when you've done that because you're worrying, Mm. you're fretting, Mm. and it's that care that you need to cast upon him. Good advice this week on winning over worry. We'll have more for you tomorrow. And until then, remember you don't have to carry that baggage because God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book What's Eating You, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.